Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A real pleasure to welcome Diane Francis to the program. Diane of the National Post, a longtime columnist and editor, uh, wrote a piece recently entitled, The Global Economy is Roiling, and no matter who wins the White House, things will only get worse. <laughs> Such a happy thought. Diane Francis, it's been years since you and I had a chat on the radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Far too long. It has been quite a while. This is not a happy headline, but nonetheless, it uh, it's tell us the story. What's 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 the rationale be to be between no matter who gets uh, in when the Americans have their next election next year, things are only going to get worse. Yeah, a lot of people are saying there'll definitely be a recession in 2020. You know, that's that's tricky business. I think it's very risky business as well. Um, I'm not an economist. But what uh, the markets are saying is that, of course, they don't like the U.S.-China trade war. Right. Uh, that's creating a lot of dislocation and problems for every trading nation in the world. And, you know, it seems to be heating up, getting even worse. The Chinese are retaliating for the second time. And the Americans backed off, but then the Chinese retaliated. So who knows? And that's – I don't see any end in sight. That's not a quick fix. And – um so we'll have to watch that. So Trump now, you, now uh, let me interrupt, Diane. Just yeah. to one thing, because you you aren't an economist. You just said so, but your job involves speaking to economists on a regular basis, as do I. And I have not spoken yet to one economist who thinks a trade war is a good thing that somebody can win. The consensus of all the economists of all political persuasions that I've talked to is nobody ever wins mm -hmm. a trade war. That's right, and it'll it'll just escalate until I don't know when. So you've got a you've got an, a president in the United States who, you know, uh, get me started. I really go on. Uh, I think that he is he's an accidental president. Uh, a whole bunch of things converged. He got in. He's not up to the job. He's not really even a good businessman, and he's certainly a lousy White House CEO. Uh, he doesn't understand economics, and he's extremely erratic, and he doesn't seem to listen to advice. I mean, he's he's fired the first four layers of economic advisors since he's been in office, mm -hmm. and now we're on the fifth string. And so this is what we're getting. And so we have that fellow, and if he gets reelected again, um, and if he continues to behave this way, which there's no reason to think he won't, uh, that's not good for markets. That's clearly not good for markets. He picks fights. He picks on people. He's very small-minded. And the other, the other concern, Diane, before we move to flip the coin to talk about the Democrats, the other concern is Mr. Trump's very cavalier attitude towards debt. And the American economy is now over $1 trillion in debt, and there doesn't appear to be any end in sight either. Well, and if we get into a recession, we have to get into, everybody will have to get into even more debt in order to stimulate the economy back right. from the debt. So, you know, that's that's the bet he's made, and he can lie in it. And, of course, the U.S. dollar should, should be uh, devalued somewhat and is being devalued somewhat as a result of that. But um, on the other hand... So if Trump doesn't win, you've got the Democrats. Right. Well, who are the Democrats going to elect? Uh, the front runner is Biden, but, you know, who knows? Um, he's a moderate fellow. But right now, what you can, it's pretty obvious, is that Bernie Sanders is another 
uh, very radical revolutionary type candidate in the Trump mold, although he's a solid citizen and he has experience and he has he knows what he's doing. But he's very left wing. He calls himself a democratic socialist now. And the important thing to re- remember here is that uh, they don't have a single payer health system. Like That's true. In yeah. Canada, which is mm-hmm. an excellent system, in my opinion. But they have a terrible system. And he's that's one of the, the big platforms that Bernie Sanders since 2016 is champion. What's interesting is that whether Sanders wins or not, his platform has won because fully eight of the remaining 10 candidates for the Democratic nomination are supporting some aspect of a single payer health care system. That's true. Every time every time Sanders or anybody else or Elizabeth Warren or the others talk about a single payer health system, the health index on this on Wall Street goes down because obviously that's going to be very adversely affected if the government takes over and the gougers are thrown out of business and the pharma is is, is somewhat bridled, the pharma companies. So you've got this kind of and then of course, you know, he's also uh, very concerned about fossil fuels and that sort of thing. So you've got this whipsaw back and forth, and that's why I put it that it doesn't matter whether Trump is reelected or a Democrat is elected instead. The Democratic platform is going to reflect a lot of what Bernie Sanders stands for because his ideas are gaining huge credibility, and I think they're good ideas for the most part. And so it's going to be, you know, either we're going to go down in the U.S., they're going to go down more Trump, more of the same, or they're going to uh, go down a, a more left-wing path, which is not good for their stock market, but I would say better for their economy and society. Yeah, I want to talk about Canada in, in this context in a few minutes, too. But first, you're an American by birth, a Canadian by choice. Uh, you have a lot of friends in the States, and this question goes to the, the the heart of the Republican Party. Where the heck is it, Diane? Uh, they seem to have just uh, tails between their legs. Uh, they're hiding under their desks. They're afraid of the president, and they want to get reelected. They like their their jobs. Uh, will there even be uh, a candidate, uh, even a token candidate, to oppose the sitting president, or is that uh, not going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, a gentleman named David Koch uh, just died. That's right, yeah. And he is responsible for driving every moderate out of the Republican Party through the Tea Party support and through all of his campaign contributions. And then Trump is just, you know, the result of all of that because they're really, the party has been in, in disarray with the moderates gone, and so they, they didn't pick a moderate leader, obviously. And so that really is what what has happened to the Republican Party. So I don't hold my breath for for Mitt Romney or anybody else who's supposedly a moderate to stage a primary contest against Trump unless he really flails and falters. Now, the farmers are unhappy. Wall Mm -hmm. Street's unhappy. There's a lot of unhappy people. And I think he's really starting to you know, drink his own whiskey and do even more of the same. And that may be as he may just undo himself. Well, that's the old, it's the old, uh, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves approach to it. But uh, again, we saw the Dow take a 600 point plus plunge yesterday. You're the financial post person. You know how this roller coaster ride. If there's one thing the markets hate the most, Diane, it's uncertainty. Yes. And you've got the, the, the chief, 
executive officer of the United States of America, the largest economy in the world, capable of tweeting out almost anything, anytime. That is very unsettling and destabilizing. And that's another thing. And so he can do that sort of thing, and he does that sort of thing without even consulting an economic advisor. And, I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that if you run a public company. You can't be tweeting out information, uh, insider information or whatever, uh, you know, ahead of time to people un- unawares and unprepared for it without it being vetted. And that's the other thing. The guy is, as to quote Bernie Sanders, a pathological liar. And he doesn't even know when he's being honest and not honest. So he's a very, very unsettling, destabilizing character on the scene historically. We'll talk a a little bit about Canada, Diane, but first of all, the Prime Minister of Canada had his first encounter with the Prime Minister, the new Minister, Prime Minister of England, Boris Johnson, and you wrote a piece just a few days ago called Get Ready for the Bojo Show. What do you make of Boris Johnson? Well, you know, he's look, he's a bright guy, he's a public intellectual, I suppose, of sorts, and he got voted in by the party elite uh, to become prime minister. He's not been elected. Right. We don't know how electable he is. He, to me, he looks like a pompous fool. I mean, the way he talks, all that posh accent and the crazy hair. I mean, he's like a caricature out of uh, an old British movie. Um, he's no fool, however, and he is you know, bound and determined to take uh, in, uh, uh, Britain out of uh, the European Union, right. which I think is foolish and crazy. But um, And he, we'll see how he does. Uh, he is going to be very uh, solicitous of the Canadian prime minister in, in particular, because, as well as President Trump, because, you know, the, the grand scheme for the Brexiters is that they're going to you know, sign a whole bunch of free trade agreements with countries all over the world and continue their prosperity by doing that. I don't think they will, and I don't think they can. Let's talk about Canada and uh, how, whether or not we can make Britain prosperous. Uh, our certainly prime minister wants to do a deal. I'd love to come home with some evidence of statesmanship. But let's talk about the the just the, what seeps north across the 49th in terms of economic impact of our the policies such as they are of the United States. In and and we must it must include you know the president uh, j- just the other day tweeting who is our worst enemy and then asks whether it's the president of China or the head of the United States Federal Reserve, Jerome Power. Odd, odd stuff. How is this uh, uncertainty affecting Canada? Is it dramatic, Diane? It's very dramatic. I mean, we are uh, extremely integrated economically, never mind socially, uh, the two countries. And it's not just the NAFTA or the free trade agreement before that. Uh, this has been the way it's it's been. And you know, most of the foreign direct investment that's come into Canada post-war, since the Second World War, has been American money. Mm-hmm. With the result that, you know, half of our oil industry, most of our mining, virtually all of our manufacturing and auto uh, industry is American-owned. And so these are companies, and they operate in Canada, and, you know, they go up and down based on what's going on in the U.S., and so does the Canadian economy. I mean, if they go into a recession, we will go into a recession. It is mm-hmm. written. I don't think there's any way we could stay out of it. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, we'll be hit a little harder because, you know, we have we have some 
really um, negative housing bubbles in the Toronto and Vancouver areas of the country, right? which have led to ridiculously high prices in those areas, which are gigantic, and, and high, high mortgage holdings by people. So we have a higher consumer debt than the Americans. They used to be the spendthrifts. We used to be the savers. It's the opposite now. Interesting. So you know, the, if we it, get into a recession, we're going to have a harder time getting out. Well, you know, it's just back to your point about uh, the personal debt levels uh, in Canada. It used to be a buck sixty-seven we owed for every dollar we made. That's now up to a dollar eighty-one. Diane, the American equivalent is a dollar nine. That's a pretty dramatic difference. It's a huge dramatic difference, and I think I would say that it's principally due to the fact that governments. And I've been on a crusade for five or six years to stop the money laundering, which has led to the higher, increasingly escalating prices in the Toronto and Vancouver area. And that's also lifted uh, real estate prices elsewhere, meaning that uh, ordinary Canadians had to get into hawk to a huge extent to buy a house because yeah. the prices were jammed up artificially because all the hot money was allowed to flow into Canada. Mm-hmm. And so we've jammed up, uh, you know, our, our housing bubble to the extent that it's really quite dangerous. And and so, you know, that's, that I would say is probably the majority of the, the, the consumer debt problem that is in Canada is because our real estate is inordinately high. Yeah, we're going to talk about that again next hour. But, uh, Diane, final question to you. we got a couple of minutes, and that's about it. But you mentioned the R word, recession. There's a lot of talk in your paper, the Financial Post, and uh, it's all over everybody's newspaper these days. Concerns about a recession. Are you as concerned as some of your colleagues in, in print, and are, you, are we doomed to a recession? Can, it be a, can a correction be made? Well, as I say, I don't think Canada can do it itself. Germany can't. I mean, if the Americans are playing these silly bugger games with the tariffs and it's, it's, it's plunged Germany into a recession, uh, France is in a recession, Italy's not growing, Britain's not growing, and we're slowing down and the Americans are slowing down. And I mean, you know, we're all really, uh, hand tied to this, this monolithic economy in the United States. So we can't prevent it. Uh, I think, though, that the individual person can say, well, you know, who knows whether it's going to happen or not. But, you know, postpone any big purchases, postpone getting deeper into debt. Just be a little cautious as far as your own uh, personal uh, behavior and, and money and finances. And I think that that's that's probably the only course most of us can can take. At least, uh, yeah, cover yourself off and uh, duck <laughs> as much as you can. That's Wise right. advice. That's, that's all any individual can do in, in the face of, of the world economic situation. Diane, just an absolute pleasure to have a, a conversation with you again. It's been far too long. Let's do it again a little sooner than last time. No problem. Anytime. Thank you. Diane Francis, uh, National Post editor and columnist and author, uh, joining us from Toronto this afternoon. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.